Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk about two-year journey into podcast, talk USPSA, and discuss the realities of self-defense. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot get the show started without the big man across the table. Big Keith is in the house. Keith, how are we doing tonight? Almost burning my mouth on this hot cup of coffee I'm drinking oh, here. That's no good. But uh, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I can still talk, so uh, crisis averted. <laughs> you would think after two years of doing this, I'd be able to read flawlessly and not fumble over my own words, but... <laughs> Oh, well. Well, I am drinking, uh, what is this called? This uh, screwball peanut butter whiskey. So Yeah, a little dessert with uh, with a podcast. So that could be why. Uh, it's getting nice here in New York. Did you ride the bike up? I didn't. I, uh, I cruised the Lincoln 100 yards up. Okay. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, I just didn't feel like driving. Feeling lazy? Yeah, I was you feeling a little lazy. That's exactly it. I think I drive to your house every time I go to your house. No <laughs> you know, that's funny. Is. That's true. I think you do. Yeah, I don't walk. No, not very much, <laughs> not very much. But it is the weather is getting nice, which is uh, which is always good. Uh, trap has opened back up at the club. That's got to make you happy. Yep, but I'm running low on reloading supplies. And uh, is it is it is it hard still? Primers two yeah. uh, two hundred nine primers. Anyone out there got two hundred nine primers and want to sell me some? Uh, feel free to hit Mike up on Instagram and he'll let me know. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I it's amazing that this is still a problem. The ammo prices are still high. Like I was hoping by now they would start to dip a bit. Yeah, no, I was talking to uh, our buddy Frank about it actually, and he said uh, the last time this happened it went about three years. So. Yeah. We're really coming into the second year of it. I think it it might actually be a election thing. I think yeah. if the the political spectrum changes uh, and swings the other way, I think you might see a little bit of a change. I mean, it's definitely becoming more available. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've purchased some some ammo recently, and yeah, uh, it's definitely oh, it's definitely available, but the pricing is not. No, no, down. not much better. But I feel like that might be the supply and demand thing. Like people are still, there's talk about guns, ghost guns and all this stuff in yep. the news. So it might be kind of triggering some emotion, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think and, so uh, too. I think there's a lot of emotional buying when these things happen. Eh, just got to start making your own. I do. I, I It's in the back of my mind <laughs> constantly, actually. Uh, why don't we do a review? We got to... I like reviews. We so, got to actually, uh, this is a really, really cool one. So it is a five-star review titled Five Stars Interactive entertainment by greggy checka greggy checka greggy checka and this one's Sounds cool like a hockey player like that would be some well this is kind of cool because this one's from belgium oh this is not from the u.s it's our first one outside of the is states hockey a thing in belgium I have no is that why you idea. tried to relate those two no no not at all <laughs> all right let's read but i'm happy thing. that somebody from belgium listens to us yeah well quite a few countries actually air our show which is interesting but this is the first time someone's actually reached out to us with a review so let's read this bad boy these dudes are pure, instructive entertainment around guns and Second Amendment for those living in the States. One also practices jujitsu and the other shoots clay. They mention it once or twice per episode, LOL. <laughs> I, <laughs> think already, I think we've already got yeah. jujitsu just now, but. <laughs> yeah. Mike and Keith managed to get great guests with whom they get real conversation and connection. This podcast is open minded, instructive, and fun. 
five stars all the way from Belgium. Well, thank you very much. I'm so I'm, I want to say he gave us five stars. He put five stars in the title and he said five stars from Belgium. That's three times. And some of you MFers out there can't Did even leave us a goddamn review. Come on. <laughs> step up. Get on. Leave us a review. Maybe it's just because he doesn't mind us mentioning those, t- those things two or three times. Maybe. Episode. We do talk about them a lot. But hey, well, that's I am who I am. That's it. Love it or hate well, it. Well, thank you very much. That's uh, yeah. very nice. Greggy Checky, Checka. Greggy Checka. We, uh, we do appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. So we have a different kind of show today. Yeah, we strange. are not. Yeah, we are not going to do a guest today. This is our two-year anniversary. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I think you'll be okay. Well, I mean, you did. You think you didn't ride the bike up? You definitely wouldn't have made it. No, probably not. So anyway, so two-year anniversary. We figured we would sort of kind of recap our our journey here, and then we have a couple of stories to talk about, a couple of different adventures we've had. So before we get into all of that, a couple of cool things for us to announce. So Keith, you and I, before we got into the podcasting thing, you were into guns, I was into guns separately. Mm -hmm. We became friends, we kind of shot a little bit, 22 neighborhood stuff. And then the gun hobby got worse. The gun hobby got worse, (laughs) by worse, better. But by worse, better. Yeah, our wives might- My pocket is worse. Right, our wives (laughs) may not agree with that. Um, But- Ammo is always something like we were just talking about. You always need ammo. If you're going to shoot, you need ammo. So where we've always basically bought our ammo from the same place. Yeah. I mean, and it's not for lack of trying to uh, look at different places. It's always just been for lack of ease behind enemy lines here. Yeah. In New York so State. For, for New York State, for those of you that don't know. I was going to say, yeah, give a little background. When the SAFE Act went into effect, there was going to be a an ammo. You had to like get it's, everything through an FFL. It's a gray area. It's a yeah, very gray yeah. area. It did. Yeah. It. it the, the way in which it was supposed to happen was they were supposed to basically go through an FFL. Yes. But then they couldn't really monitor this, so it kind of just got this gray area. But one place, Target Sports USA, always delivered door-to-door. I don't know why, but that was their policy. I think yep. they do it to California. So yep. they go door-to-door. And their prices were always really good. You could buy in bulk and get free shipping. So I always bought my ammo in bulk. I always have bought my ammo in bulk yeah, to try right. to get free shipping. Fast forward to a month ago or so, uh, I get a call from someone from Target Sports USA, and I said, I'd like to work with you guys. I'm a longtime customer. And long story short, uh, Target Sports USA is now the official ammo sponsor of the gun experiment. I was and waiting for you to just say it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super excited about this. You? Um, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, it's just... I, First off, I'm excited because this would not be possible if it wasn't for the listeners out there, right? The listeners out there, you have allowed us the the room to grow and you've supported us. And I'm very, very grateful for everyone who has done that. And this is going to allow us to create more content. But most importantly, before you say something, Keith, I'm happy that this is the company I get to work with because it's who I've always purchased from. And I just feel like really comfortable working with uh, Target Sports USA. I already have an account made up. It's perfect. I had one before this all happened. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it is definitely um, cool that this ended up being the place where we normally would be buying ammo from. And we're not, yeah. you know, we're not saying that just because they're now our official ammo sponsor. Yeah. But. So I do want to hit a couple of highlights here um, about their company. So first off, uh, they do ship directly to your door and that includes New York. So that's awesome. They have great pricing. I want to touch on this for a second. So we all know the prices are high right now. There was a point in time where you couldn't get ammo. And when ammo became available, the prices were super jacked up. I mean, like people were really price gouging at that point. Uh, Target Sports did not do that. The, the prices were obviously that. higher because everybody was were higher, but they did not price gouge. And and that really says a lot about their company. And I genuinely appreciate that. Uh, as mentioned earlier, they give free shipping on all bulk orders. But if you don't need to buy bulk and you want to get some free shipping, be sure to check out their Prime membership. 
Prime membership gets you 8% off all ammo orders, free shipping on all ammo. So like if you just need to get 100 rounds, free shipping on 100 rounds. Priority inventory alert. So anytime something comes in, you're going to get the alert and notification. I'm already on the list. Are you really? Yes, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, And expedited order processing and also exclusive deals from Prime. And all of that for $95 a year. I'm already a Prime member. It's one of those things that will pay for itself plus the convenience factor. So it's definitely something for you to check out. And we've supported this company for a long time. I'm super excited to really get to support them Uh, now. And I'm happy they're supporting us. It's uh, It feels like home. Yep, I agree. Anyway, another big announcement. Keith and I have talked. We are still very uh, gun shy about showing our faces, but we have decided that we are going to start doing a little bit more in terms of uh, video creation and pictures, including our, our... our faces well we've i've even contributed a little bit more to the instagram page yeah. not on instagram those of you that know i won't do that but i'll i'll send mike some pictures now and again yeah, yeah. and we're going to start doing some video stuff on instagram so we might maybe okay. do an instagram live once in a while but you're going to start seeing us a little bit more and maybe that's the the start of some we're some not going to emoji out our faces like you show me no okay. i don't think so all right cool one last thing before we get into this uh the official show show part is i'm trying to implement some new things and i have created a discord page for our community so there's already members on there keith you're actually going to join it right yeah i'm going to do this one so um there's a link on the show notes that'll bring you in so if you want to if you want to get in you could dm me if that's easier but if you go to the show notes there'll be a link there so anyway join the discord participate be an active member and uh, it's a great way for us to build a community that's what i'm trying to do here we're trying to build this community build it bigger build it stronger and uh, and joining Discord is a great way drag for you to be a along. part of it and drag you along. Drag <laughs> you. All right, so let's get into this thing. Let's talk about this two-year journey. So two years into podcasting, this started during COVID. You know, Keith, for you, you started as my first guest. I literally, I'm having flashbacks as you're saying this here, and I'm like, man, I, I, uh, I've got, I'm in. I'm like, I'm here for two years. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere now. Yeah. I like, like the first episode, it was like, I interviewed you and then like literally it, it ended. I hit like stop and I was like, Hey, do you want to be the co-host? Um, you know, that that's interesting. I don't know. Was it that fast after? Was it right after? <laughs> it might've been the next day. I think it was. The it might've been the next day, but basically it was basically right after. Yeah. And, and you were like, old. I'll try it out. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but it's fun. It is fun. fun. It's been an amazing journey. And uh, I had a little bit of uh, nostalgia going back and looking at some of the episodes. I couldn't believe uh, that we've had as many as we've had. And I try to look back. And I, the one that really I went to right away was uh, Jackie Billings. Yeah. Uh, it was episode 27, I think it was. Mm-hmm. She was like probably for me the first guest that really like made me feel like man maybe we got something going here yeah you know she was just super supportive and uh off the air you know some of the things she told us about the format and just the way we our production was and the way we handled that whole episode just really made me feel like okay maybe maybe i'm better than this than i thought i was yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. for me you know it's funny so i was looking through the guests obviously as well and there's a few notables for me the one that like i feel like i had the most natural just like man i felt like i knew my whole life was Tony Simon. <laughs> like, I, like, yeah. like Tony was like, so funny. Cause when I was, we were having him on, I'm like, I don't really know much about this guy. And I had to do my research. Like I always do, you know? 
And then he came on and literally within the, I think he was like, he like laughed this, his big hearty laugh. Yeah. And he said something about me being a hype man. Like he had, <laughs> and I just like, oh man, this guy, he, he's just my kind of and person. He invited us out and we, he, he's really our first get that guess. No, Rob Pincus might've been the very first. Yeah. Guest Rob's guy. on my list too. Like, I mean, we trained with Rob, which I was really grateful for the first person to like take us Takes into the in. fold. And yeah. Yeah. But Tony was definitely the first guy that I got to ever shoot an automatic weapon with so definitely you know, rob is awesome but rob you didn't have automatic weapons at your no. training course so yeah <laughs> step it up rob <laughs> you know um so here's one i'm actually gonna i'm gonna ask the question and then see if it's the same person of all of our guests you gotta really think hard okay which one made you journalistically made you really like grow your chops a bit Oh, Tim Mack, probably. Yeah, that's that's on my yeah. list. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, he's a recent one, right? But uh, yeah, but that was the one. Like you and I had to do a lot of reading and research, and we really, really put a lot of, uh, like I said, our journalistic chops were kind of on the line. Read a with whole that. book for that episode. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> and um, in a very short period of time, that was tight for, for me. It was. I mean, some people read books in days, but you yeah, know, we did have a lot. Yeah, but that was the one where I really felt like, man, like I, I owe it to the audience to really knock this one out of the park. Yeah. You know, I, I also have a, a Christmas special with Johnny B. It was like our yeah. first Christmas. And was it Christmas or Thanksgiving? I think that was a Christmas one. Was I'm it? pretty okay. sure. I think it's episode like 19. And I remember those, those early episodes, which I, you know, go back and, and listen to a couple of them. They're not, I, I don't think they're our best work, but to think that we had people on like him that early on, like we need to have him on again. I feel like, yeah. and, yeah. and, we're two years in now, a little bit different of a show. Yeah, I would agree. Well, and that brings me to my next point. Like, you know, recently we had um, Pat Mack and, yep. and Steve Fisher, you know, the Yeti. And um, man, like Pat Mack, I followed Pat Mack for a long time. You it was know, cool. I, 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 mean, I read his, I bought his ebook and stuff. And like, there's a lot of guests like that. There's a, there's a bunch that I really followed and I really admire. But Pat Mack was just I mean, he's such a character, you know, and he's such a such a personality that to have him on the show was really cool. And those were two names that like, man, when I like when they were on, there's a lot of these. But when they were on, I was like, man, these are these are really, really impressive guests. I'm very, very happy to have them on. Yeah. Yeah. How so two years in this is kind of kind of your idea here, as as everyone knows. What do you how do you think it's going to years? I mean, we, we have an ammo sponsor. Mike. That is pretty cool targetsports.com by the way yeah I, membership $95 a year <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'll, I'll put it this way if anyone out there listening I'm sure everyone has their things that they're into things they, they think they want to try all I could say is I I wish I had done this a long time ago you know I was years ago I mean we're talking like almost 20 years ago I was driving to work with a guy and we and he got into podcasts this is when podcasting was like nobody knew what that was you know it was like and I was like, ah, oh, that sounds really cool. And this is before I was this into guns. So it wouldn't have been guns. It would have been something else. But I was like, I kind of want to just get on a mic and talk about I'm, stuff. Yeah. You know? And and I didn't, you know? And then 20 years later, I'm doing I'm like, man, what if I had started 20 years ago? You know? But what do they always say? Best two times to grow a tree? Plant a tree 20 years ago or plant it today? Because you yeah. got to start somewhere. So I, for me, it's just, I remember saying in the beginning, I'm going to do this. And if nobody listens... That's cool. Like it's just it'll be it'll be a fun adventure, and then people started listening. Like thirty people were listening. I remember being excited. Like 30, 30, 30 people. I remember the first hundred. Yeah. Like oh my god, we had a hundred down. Yeah. And so like <laughs> so, and now we're at the point where and I and I was gonna call out some names, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to leave anybody out. But I 
Like there's people who like reach out to me on a regular basis. You know, I've had people tell me. Well, I was shocked. I gave you a little, uh, started giving you some more content for Instagram and I, I gave you a little teaser and there were a couple, couple people out there that, man, they jumped all over exactly what it was. Almost exactly what it was. They yeah, only know the they're close. They're close. And, uh, I was amazed too. I was like, man, these are people who like obviously listen to us and yeah. and know us and yeah. it's it's crazy. And like I mean, I have one guy that uh, he was only emailing me but now he's on the Discord group. He reached out to me and he was like, I want to um he left us a review, you know, and you know who you are and he was like, man, I want to get into jiu-jitsu. Could you give me some advice? And like That's it's just cool. cool to be able to like help people. And and I've had people tell me I think Rob Pinkus was one of them was like, you know, you're one of the more thoughtful podcasts you know someone reached out to me today actually i haven't even told you this and said that like what we're doing is very like conscientious work and you know it's really powerful well, i think we both take it seriously right you know we uh we were raised to uh uh to to be factual and to be you know direct and clear and yeah. i don't think we i don't think we let too many people off the hook you know we we try but uh we do our research ahead of time when we can if we can dig up things what that's that's interesting to talk about i think it was johnny b actually but we had dug something up on johnny b oh, yeah. that he had that nobody he didn't think anybody knew and that was really really satisfying whenever we have a guest and we yeah. do a little debrief with them and they say how did you guys find that yeah yeah for sure <laughs> I definitely agree with that. So Keith, I mean, through this process, like you've said, like it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been a wild ride so far, but you know, I feel like, uh, you really, this has made you shoot. Like, I mean, uh, do I, so it, many more things. Right. And I know we all know what you love. Right. But is there anything that you've done that's maybe surprised you? I'm reloading ammunition. Like yeah. I did not, I don't know that if you had asked me before this all started, if I really thought that was anything that was really on the radar. It was actually after our episode talking with Dave, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I just wanted to do it. And now I'm reloading my, you know, my own ammunition. I'm shooting in, you know, we're going to talk about it in a little bit about in, in us uh, PSA. And uh, I'm trying out all kinds of new different, you know, shooting styles and shooting techniques and shooting competitions. And- yeah, that's actually one of my points is, uh, for me, one of the highlights is getting to train with people. Uh, yeah, you know, we blessing. traded with Rob, you know, and that was that was our first training class. He was the first one to really say, hey, why don't you come out and, and try this? Yeah. And I, I don't think as gun owners, most people, I don't think they train enough, myself included. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, we started uh, training with Onsite Firearms Training yeah. Company and... Uh, I have all, to say, all of them there. We've we've gotten to experience a few of the trainers there, and they are yeah. all really, really great, great yeah. people. And you know, I have to say, like the the last time I went, I was like, man, like I for the first time felt like I'm I'm more capable than I thought I was. You know, like yeah. they they brought something out of me, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. You know, but on top of that, uh, just the opportunity to train is 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 a blessing, of course. But I, I just want to say this for the people that are listening. If you're, um, if you're nervous about training, that's normal. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Every single this. time we go to training. Yeah. We've talked learning. about this, like the low light course, you know, I was like, man, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot myself, you know, or like me with appendix, I'm going to shoot myself in the dick. We, you know, it's like <laughs> we have, and I, I think like most owners, you know, you, you have a, you should have a healthy level of, um, respect for this tool that you're yeah. using. And, you know, the idea of uh, shooting in a low light environment or the idea of shooting quickly at a Mm -hmm. USPSA match, you know, in between different stations and not shooting yourself or reloading wrong, you know, like that's a nervous thing. But you 
train and you trust yourself, you take your time. And, yeah, the uh, best advice I could give if you're out there and you're like, I want to train, but I just, you know, listen, deep, you're not going to tell anybody, but you know, like, I'm just, I'm not doing this because I'm nervous. Like, you yeah. know, if deep down, you know, if that's the case. And if that's the case, let me just say this. And Keith, you've said it several times. I, I'm no different, but you've actually vocalized it, I think, on the show. Just go and take it slow. Just take it slow. Don't, there's no, if an instructor is rushing you or pushing you out of your comfort zone, just, leave that's yep. not the right instructor you say i want my money back and leave because that's yep. bullshit yep. right like uh like ben when we trained with him we trained all the guys on site firearms training like they never pushed us rob didn't push us nope. it was always at your you know at your pace and just try to make yourself better each time you train that's it that's it point the firearm in a safe direction that's right <laughs> don't, don't shoot your dick off <laughs> i got one for you yeah so we've actually gotten the opportunity to work with some cool companies yeah Ooh. Any any companies that kind of stand out for you that like you really enjoyed dealing with? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, Resurgent Arms definitely is the first one that comes to my mind. I mean, they've just been like, I, I mean, anytime we want to try to test out a new product or something like that, they're always yeah. first like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, Will's great. And like I've said it before, like, I mean, I, I first met him. I mean, I've never actually yeah. met him, but I, but on the phone because I had a problem with the product <laughs> and I called him and he, and he answered the phone, like the owner of the right. company answered the phone and he's like, Oh man, I'll get that right out to you now. And got the part out to me and you know, and, and the rest is history. I mean, they've just been great to us. Right. I mean, I know you have one too. I mean, I'll give you a second one if you want. Yeah. You give me one more and then I don't want to steal yours. No, it's okay. Blue alpha. I just, them, them being gracious to support us on that battle belt build. Yeah, was, well, you know, it's, it's funny because they were on a long time ago. Yeah. And like I said, I, I owned a gun belt from them before I was even doing this show, and I never even thought to ask them for, for anything, you know? And then when we were doing the battle belt, we kind of didn't need it, but we really wanted it. Yeah, yeah. And we were doing it for the course, and when I reached out to him, he was just so gracious. He didn't even... I, like I said, I was going to send it back to him. I was like, I'll send it back to you. He's like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Keep it. Yeah. You know, it was just cool of him. For me, I mean... Uh, Flatline Fiber Co. Definitely. You know, Chad, I mean, Chad, Chad and I talk, I mean, once, not as much as I should probably, but once in a while, like call him and just be like, Hey, how's the business Shoot going? The he, he just grew, you know, he like, he just, I don't know if you even know this. He just opened up like a, a big manufacturing. Oh, no, I haven't. I didn't know that. Yeah. And like, he's got more people working for him. And I think actually right now he's doing like a, you can buy like a raffle ticket to support one of his employees that was in a car accident. Oh, so okay. just shows you the kind of guy he is, you know, yeah. like, uh, one of his employees got hurt, a younger kid, and uh, the kid fought like hell to get better, and they're raffling off a, a cool rifle to to kind of help him and his mom out. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I, I think they're the kind of company you'd want to support, you know? All right. Give me the information over for that. I'd yeah. Buy a yeah. rifle ticket. Cool. And uh, the last one I had was actually Spartan Armor. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Something right? we didn't. We, we always really needed and now it's like yeah. we got to test it <laughs> yeah i mean like like i thought it was so cool that um shoot it <laughs> i talked to todd and before he was on the show i says man i've never gotten a sh I, you know i've always wondered what shooting armor's like and he's like well then i'll send you over some armor and you can shoot it up and, and that was like the coolest part about it was yeah. shooting it up so i mean it was just you know again like these are companies that just right off the bat they just wanted to give us stuff that would help us grow the show in terms of our like shooting the plates is a good example like that i actually learned a lot about armor and i learned a lot about like its ability by doing that you well know? i have to say too you know like it, when you say supporting the show i mean we're also supporting them right i mean i think we're doing you know uh, a fair uh i don't want to say trade but you know fair fair business with e with each other and the reality is i haven't felt pressured by anyone to give a review that I don't think we 
we are in favor of or 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 saying wow. you know i mean like you talk about todd and sending sending out the the armor i mean we're literally he he knew, he trusted his product enough for us to to yeah. to test it and we tested it with things that probably we really shouldn't have even tried we were shooting multiple shots at that thing right. you know what i mean and, yeah. and um it stood up to everything that we had yeah and uh like I, that's like, faith in your product though faith like in you your said product. yeah you, you know? know i mean the reality of it is if like i shot that armor and it put a hole through it we would have said something i probably would have said like i don't know if i can have do this you know i mean i don't know if i can have this interview right now yeah. you know it's gonna be kind of a little awkward so yeah i agree i mean the the faith that they, they put in us to do a fair review with their product says a lot about them and so where does the next two years bring us well i don't want to training we have to do. <laughs> that's about the only thing i think we've said we were gonna do that we haven't i done. think i said i want to get into lock picking of like an episode like 10 or something and i never did that but yeah, we do have to do the medical training. That yeah, has to we're happen. close. I mean, we're gonna. We really, we really want to talk to on-site firearms, right? That's what we, we want to try to make something happen with them. They, yeah, they, they do it, and yeah, we just got to get enough people together to make it happen. Yeah, and the other, the other thing is, uh, I don't want to give out too much. The Discord page is something new. I will tell everyone out there listening, I do have more on the horizon. Okay, those of you that have been on the mailing list, the mailing list has not really done much for you, but it's gonna start. So just, I'm just going to say that. And I got a couple other little things rolling around in the back of my head. I'm like, kind of like a mad scientist. Things are just kind of bouncing around in my head. Okay. But I have some stuff. And uh, like I said, we're going to do more with Instagram. Hopefully get some more uh, content out there, video content. And I I really think the Discord page is a really good thing. I'm not just saying like, I always tell people follow us on Instagram and stuff, but. What's our, what's our next big, uh, do we have anything planned for shooting? What do we have? Uh. Um, I want to get you out to the next USPSA match. It's, um, it's like in a couple weeks. I might be able to do that. You can uh, you can shoot uh, open carry with me. Okay. Let's talk about it off the year. I think right. that might happen. Let's mix it up. All right. So on this episode of Let's Mix It Up, Keith and I discuss our adventures in competition and combat. So, Keith, why don't you start? So, well, let's talk USPSA a little bit more. That's where we kind of left off. And we might as well just keep keep rolling into it. Um, you know, this was something that I think, ah, man, I, who was it? The the traveling gypsy uh, Taylor, right? Yes. She was the first one, I think, to really challenge us to to do this and to make us get out there and, and, and shoot one of these matches. And luckily for us, uh, our buddy Frank is always shooting this. So uh, I had a little in. And uh, he invited me to a, a match um, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And I went and uh, <laughs> I was the only one shooting a, a carry gun, you know. What was the carry gun? I, I was shooting the SIG. P365. Uh, P365 XL. with the XL with the, the, uh, what is it, the Romeo Zero, the SIG red dot on it. Um, I scored every single stage. So that was the most, uh, that was really my only goal. Uh, speed wise, I think the only people that I beat were the old fuds and, and, a and a, and a older lady, but, uh, everybody else beat me, but it was a lot of fun. The divisions are crazy complicated. And I know Mike, you've been trying to pick my brain on this a little bit and I'm, yeah. I, I'm an amateur at that. I have no idea. I know I shot carry optics, which basically is, you know, there's standard rules about how far down your holster can, can be it has to be outside the waistband you know there's certain things on each division really you got to go look which one is the right one for you but uh 
I shot that, you know, my regular carry gun with that optic, and and I shot fine. But uh, did I, you hit every target, or you just scored on every round? I scored in every round. Okay. I definitely missed a couple targets. I think I even had a couple no shoots, uh, which would, in theory, be you know, innocent people that <laughs> you're not supposed to shoot. Uh, so uh, that it was an experience, though. It yeah. was. Um, I think the only part that I would have to say that was a little odd to me was uh, I, I told you about my experience when I walked in and I checked in, right? Yes. We talk a little bit about this. So, uh, I, you know, in New York State, I have a concealed carry. So if I'm in New York State, I am 98, 99% of the time carrying. And uh, I just carried to the event like I normally would. Now, it happened to have been the same gun that I was going to use, but, you know, we went to go check in. And, uh, I was introduced as a new shooter to the, to the, uh, match and never had shot anything like this before. And I swear it was like the smell of new fish and people just started circling around and right away it was like, how much shooting have you done? You know, how, how, how and I was like, Whoa, okay. Uh, I, I, I was here last week, two weeks ago training with onsite firearms and Ben DeWalt. Right. You know, and I don't, I don't, Ben, I don't know if they liked that or not, but anyway. What does that say about Ben? I don't, no, no, I, I just, I'm joking. I'm completely joking, but I don't think they cared, really, as I guess really what I'm trying to say. Yep. And then, you know, what are, what are you supposed to say? Uh, I shoot 500 rounds a month. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is, you know? I, regularly? Regularly, Is yeah. that a good answer? I don't know. And then probably, yeah, exactly. I don't know what the right answer is. So then the next question was, are you carrying? And I said yes. And after that, Frank was like, you should have just said no, <laughs> you know? So I was like, yeah. And, and then that was like it, the brakes stopped and every, and I had to get a special escort down to the end of the range to, to demount and to, uh, you know, unload my gun and put it into a special bat. And I was like, guys, I could have just done what I was going to do and, and been safe. I promise, you know? Yeah. So that was the only thing that kind of turned me off a little bit. I mean, there wasn't anything in the rules that said, don't come carrying. I mean, is that a rule? Does what do you think? Um, no, I mean, I would expect most, not most, but I would expect a lot of gun owners to be carrying. And I think like if you were to go to a, typically if you were to go to like, uh, like Rob Pincus's course, let's say, yeah, he took his course and he would probably say, is anybody carrying? Well, they always yes. do. Like yeah. most of the things we do. Generally, like, they, they, would, they would probably just have you do what you did, but it wouldn't I mean, be like a big deal. There was plenty of safety. There was a safe table. It was explained to me that the safe table is no ammo. You want to go check your sites. You want to go mess with something. You go to the safe table, no ammo. You know, like there were, there, there was definitely an easier way to go about people who came showed up carrying i feel like they, they could have just easily been like are you carrying you could have said yes and they could have said all right uh, no problem we're just going to walk you down to the end of the range make you clear and then come back it sounds One, like two, almost three. it almost sounds like they made a big spectacle of it I, a big spe spectacle and honestly if i wasn't with somebody that was making me comfortable that was probably enough for me like that nervousness that we were talking about a little early on the show that might have been enough for me to say i'm not doing this again maybe yeah. this isn't for me you know, other than that, I had a great time. I was with a great group of guys. Uh, I didn't get to shoot with Frank, which was a little scary, but uh, it ended up he knew most of the guys that I was shooting with. Mm -hmm. So he introduced me and they took me under their wing and uh, made fun of me a little bit. I made fun of that. It was it was all good. It was a great time. So um, I've I had I, we've talked about this a little bit um, since you've done this. But uh, back when when we had Rob on the show, yeah, one of our questions to him was uh do you feel competitive shooting is a good way to kind of get your reps in and mm. get some, right? And Rob had said, not really, right? Like he said, because he's gone to those where guys are basically coming out from cover and they're they're not following tactical 
procedures because it's a game, right? Like you're trying yeah. to score points. Um, you feel that's true? Uh, Obviously you yeah, could, I, right? I you do. certainly could. If you're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to be being tactically sound, you could, but you would never win. It's I, it, Depending on the, the perspective of, of what your training should be, I, I totally agree with what Rob is saying. Yep. But in terms of being comfortable with the firearm, like we talk about sometimes and, you know, just getting, you know, just firing your gun fast from a holster and, 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 you know, loading a mag on the move, you know, all while being pointed in a safe direction. Do I think that it prepares you any better for a real life? Oh shit moment? No, no, I'm not, I'm not convinced of that, but do I think it helps you be more proficient with your firearm and helps you be, you know, um, just a better shooter? Yeah, I do. So my thoughts on this are twofold. So one, did that make sense? sense. No, it makes sense. Yeah. So my, my take on this, it's twofold. So one, Anytime you shoot, you're probably developing some skills, right? Right. So you're working from the holster. You're. I mean, you had to make decisions on. Yes. You know, I, I mean, there were no sprite cans to shoot. But, right. You know. So I, I do think that you are getting to your point familiarity with the gun. You're working the gun. You're getting reps with the gun. Those are all good things. And you and I have access to a club. Yeah. If someone doesn't have access to a club, what did it cost you to get in? Twenty bucks. So for twenty bucks, you got to go and shoot a whole round, <clears throat> and that's that might be the only place someone has to go shoot. So I I I do a podcast. I run a podcast, whatever. But I also listen to podcasts, and I was interestingly enough listening to one on my way to Florida um, a few weeks back, and they were talking about this exact conversation. And the one guy is like a tactical guy and tactical trainer, and he was saying that he feels that this could create some bad muscle memory, right? So like, for instance, he said he shot the course the way he would shoot it if he was totally under attack from someone. Mm. So he would reload undercover and then he would, and we learned this in- You're, not, from, gonna, you're from, not gonna win. Right, not gonna win. You're not gonna win. We learned this from onsite, you know, like the whack-a-mole. You're gonna shoot yeah. a couple high and then you're gonna drop behind cover and then maybe come down low or come from the other side of the cover. Yep. You would never do that in this competition. No. But this guy was saying he was doing it because he wanted to get reps in on his tactical training. But well, for twenty bucks you could do and that. For twenty bucks you could do that, certainly. Yeah. So but most guys get wrapped up in the competition. I, I, the only thing I would say, you know, I don't I mean the guys that were there and, and girls that were there, you know, they I, I I guess they would have been fine with that. I don't I didn't see anyone doing that kind of stuff, you know, but the one thing the other thing I would say is this. I think that as humans, muscle memory is a real thing. Not denying. Oh yeah, that, we we have right? some bad habits. But I but I but I have heard people say like you should always carry your gun in the exact same location because your muscle memory. I th- I could be wrong because muscle memory does creep in. But I think if you're carrying appendix, you know your gun's an appendix. You know why? Because it's uncomfortable always. <laughs> and if it's um three o'clock outside the waistband, you know you're carrying. Outside. Yeah. Like I don't think I would ever go for my gun an appendix if the gun was on my side i think i would know so i think there's a little bit of wiggle room in terms of i think you could differentiate between this is a game i'm going to play this game and then i'm under attack i'm going to do things that make sense in that situation well yeah i i think and i think it all i think all of those different scenarios help you be like we were saying a a better a proficient more proficient shooters i mean the muscle memory thing like uh, the example that i'll give because i do this you know pretty often is I put my keys in the, in the in the opposite pocket, and where do you go? You yep. go to the pocket you always put your yep. keys in first, yep. and you panic that you don't have your keys, yes. and then you're like, "Oh shit, I put them in the opposite right. pocket." So it happens to your point, and it, yeah. and it can it can be a real thing. 
but I, I, I think what I took away from it is, you know, for 20 bucks, you know, you, uh, you get, you get, you get one qualifier, which you can at least get on the, on the sheet to start shooting in more matches at other places. Yep. It's a great place to at least get some reps in, fire some ammo. And again, I mean, it is, it is a whole game slash sport unto itself. So if it's something you enjoy, I mean, go do it. Listen, and and quite honestly, if exactly if it's something, if you're a competitive person and you and you think this might be something to help you grow, then then go for it. If not, find an on-site firearms trainer yeah. and uh, go do a you know yeah. a, a one day course yep. and you know very structured and, and. I feel the need to bring up jujitsu because our Belgian friend said I have to bring it up. So, <laughs> uh, you know, there's 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 a competitive jujitsu sport jujitsu and there's and then obviously there's defend using it on like a street level right and there are people who believe that the sport side of it is watering down the because there's certain things you would never do in a street fight with jujitsu like certain things you would it's a competitive sports sort of a thing that would really not be the smartest idea to use in a street fight right um more complex things things that are more risky because in a competition if you risk you and you lose you lose you don't die right but I would argue to say that someone like Gordon Ryan, who's the top jujitsu player in the world, uh, he could defend himself on the street. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's a sports guy, but trust me, he's he's a very capable fighter. And so I don't think the two are uh, they, there's no crossover. All right, so I have a story as well. Mine is a little different, um, a little more serious. So uh, day before Easter, my family had plans to go to a Munster truck rally, which I've never done before. I just um, went to one myself. Yeah. My wife's family is from Philadelphia. So we went to uh, Eagle Stadium and watched Monster Trucks. And it was awesome. And then afterwards, we went to go get gas and we we're in South Philly and we get gas and literally, like literally on the corner of the gas station was Tony Luke's. And if anybody knows- If you're getting gas in Philly and Tony Luke's is right around the corner. What do you do? You get a cheesesteak. You get a cheesesteak. <laughs> so exactly. So we're like, well, let's go get cheesesteak. So we go to Tony Luke's and we pull in the door and it's closed. Oh. And we're like- You ah. don't get a cheesesteak like, God damn it. At the gas station well, close to Tony Luke's. <laughs> the problem is, is now we have cheesesteaks on the mind, right? So oh, we're like, yeah. what are you going to do? So uh, my wife's father says- are you a cheese whiz or a provolone fan? <sighs> I actually like the hoagie cheesesteaks. Okay. So it's got like the lettuce, the tomato. It's like yeah, a hoagie. Yep. Probably because I'm a New Yorker and I can't fully commit to Philly. Okay. Got it. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, my wife swears by cheese whiz though. Uh, swears by it. That's a good, it's a good combo. Yeah. I think so. So anyway, uh, my father-in-law says, well, why don't we go to Pat and Gino's? Pat, or, Pat and or Gino's. And uh, I said, okay. So they're like, where do you want to go? I says, well, I've never been to either. And I grew up watching Boys to Men. So I want to go to Gino's because I want to <laughs> see the big lights, you know? So... We go there, and so I'm in my 40s. My father-in-law is about to be 60. And this gentleman comes up to my father-in-law while he's in line, and he's probably in between our ages. So we'll call him, we'll say he's in his 50s. He says to my father-in-law, excuse me, sir, you know, I, I, I'm local to the area. I keep the kids off the streets, and I teach them how to be better human beings and blah, blah, blah. Uh, would you be able to spare some money? And my father-in-law says, uh, points to the sign, says cash only. And he says, listen, I got to make sure I got enough cash here to, to uh, you know, take care of this, the, what we're getting here. And he's like, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say no. Guy walks on, kind of leaves his loan, which is typical. Most of the time, people will move on. And so we sit down with our cheesesteaks, and this man stumbles his way on down to uh, my father-in-law again. And he starts saying the same thing. I 
local man. I keep the kids off the streets. Wonder if you can give me some. And was my, it a long line? No, not a long line at all. Not a long line at all. So how, not a lot of people there. And uh, can I? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I just I'm more curious. Like, what was? How did this happen? So it's not a long line. Was there? You know, like, he just walked I, up. I, to I've it. never been to Gino. Yeah. So he I just know. literally we were we were waiting online. Three okay. pe- three four people in line Deep, maybe. Yep. Yeah, okay. And guy did walked, he ask everyone or nope, just you? Just my father in law. I think he was maybe asking other people, but at that point he was just asking. Yep. My father. Gotcha. Sorry. And uh, I should I should say that this man was something was a little off. He was either drunk on drugs yeah. or somewhat mentally what are they edp and emotionally yes emotionally emotional disturbed. Disturbed person there was yeah. something was a little off with him i'll just say that his eyes were a little little off something was off so he goes back to my father-in-law he starts his spiel again now my father-in-law's you know fingers ready to deep bite in, into his yeah right to bite into a cheesesteak and he just looks at me he goes he's like man he's like would you mind just letting us eat our food and the guy starts to get belligerent mm-hmm. and the first thing he says is I don't appreciate your tone. I, I feel like you're being mad disrespectful to me right now. You know, I live here. I lived here my whole life. And, and you're and you're cutting this belligerent back a little bit. A right? little bit. It was quite a it some a of little, the words a he little used, notch a little higher. Some of the words he was using was pretty rough. Okay. Just want to make um, sure that's you know. And so he says, you know, I've lived here my whole life. People like you come down here and you start like, you know, you know, hassling people and, and, and creating, creating problems for people that live in the neighborhood. And my father was like, I'm just trying to eat a cheesesteak. You know, I'm not trying to do anything. And my wife, now I didn't hear that. So I had my two young children with me, my wife, my father-in-law and uh, my wife's cousin and my father-in-law and and my wife's cousin are pretty big guys. I'm not. (laughs) And uh, so my wife says something. She's like, you know, sir, our, my, my children are here. And apparently he barked at her something. I, I didn't hear my wife say it because she was very meek when she said it. And I didn't really get the full, but my father-in-law heard it. And that was not cool to him. And he got up and he said, don't talk to my daughter that way. Now you got these two guys standing up and I look across the table and I got my two children with me and I'm kind of like, I'm not leaving my kids and going across the table here, but I'm, I'm watching this and I'm seeing my father-in-law. And I'm like, I'm like, he wants to hit this guy. I can see it. I can see the light, but, it, but he's thinking better of it. He's not doing it. And my wife's cousin steps in. He comes over very calmly. He says, you know, sir, could I just ask you a favor? And then I was like, all right, now I'm like, I was like, I feel he was much closer. Do you in, think he was just building belligerence to get you to give him some money? No, I think off? he was just, I think he was just being belligerent. And I think he maybe wanted to start something. But so my wife asked me, let me get to this part and then I'll get to how I, my mindset. And then I'm going to wrap this up. This is all about like mindset with fighting, by the way, for those of you that are listening to the story. So the cousin started talking to him. They were much physically closer. My father-in-law and the guy were like, there was a little bit of distance, but they were very, like almost face to face. And I was like, I think I need to get involved here a little bit. So I walk over and they're talking and, and, and you know, they're our moving cousin, away from you as a sister? Mm, still by my kids and my wife now, you know, mm-hmm. it's still by them. But my, um, our cousin says, do me a favor. Could you just let us eat? We just want to eat our, our food and we just want to you know, be left alone. We're not trying to start it. And he starts going, you know, that man over there, he's pointing at my father-in-law, you know that he just, you know, hates the local people around here. And you know that he hate. And cousin was like, just, could we just want to eat. And he starts saying to our cousin, you just want to get the last word in. Now you won't shut up because God forbid I get the last word in. So I, I was there. I put my hand kind of in between. I put it on, on my cousin's, kind of on his belly. And I said, it's all good. Let him get the last word. He, he, 
he wants the last word. Let him have the last word. And then he kind of meandered off. We ate our food and he was going up and down the, the tables, talking to people, saying things like, you know, that man that down there, you know, he hates the local people. He hates everybody here. He's just here to cause trouble. You know, tourists come in here and he's starting shit and he's starting shit. And then he comes down and we're, we're done eating at this point and he comes down and he starts barking again. And he's just, he's just now nowhere near physically near anyone. And I'll take a pause in the story for a second. When it was all done, my wife said, you know, that was crazy. You know, she was like, were you scared? And I said, honestly, and I would be completely honest. I was be honest with her. I'll be honest with everybody on the show. I was on a scale of one to 10. I was about a two or a three. And I was a two or three because he never was physically in anyone's face. But a two or three, because if a fight's going to happen, you just don't know what's going to happen, right? It's it, Something is bad could happen. There were three of you, one of him. Three of us. I wasn't really too, I wasn't physically worried, but I just, I just, fights are never good. You know what I mean? So he comes down barking again and I happen to look at my son's face and he had this face, this look on his face of like, it was like scared, but like confused, confused yeah, no. fear. And I just looked at my wife, I looked at my father-in-law and I just gave like a kind of like a, like a whirly, whirly bird with my finger and was like, we got to go. Like we're out of here. And so I was like, let's go. And so I grabbed up my daughter. My wife took my son. We kind of got out of there. The next day, Easter Sunday. How right? close were you parked? Were you parked pretty close? Pretty close. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. And as we were leaving, there was a guy online and, and he said to my, I heard him say to my father, he goes, that guy just needs to go home. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah for real. Yeah. Right. And so the reason I bring all this up is because I would be lying if I did not say that I, I don't know about my cousin, but I know my father-in-law and I know myself. You need a Pennsylvania pistol permit. <laughs> well, I wasn't carrying, but I, I could have been, but I wasn't. But we'll get to that in a second too. I, I, the next day I kind of felt shitty, you know, like, cause, and I think part of it, my father-in-law too, part of me wanted to just drop that guy, you know, yep. part I had, I had said all along, I'm like, if this guy, if it starts to get where he's like in my face or in my kid's face, I'm just going to like change levels, grab his legs, take him to the ground. And then there's three of us and like it would get right. broken up and it'd be fine. But every part of you, you're with your family, wants you to just deck this guy, right? And, but I said to my father-in-law, we talked about it after the fact. And I said, you know what? I said, like, we won. Like, look at the house. We're in a beautiful home right now, having Easter Sunday dinner and you know, we had everything to lose. Yeah, I don't know what this guy's Gino's life is. Philly chicken steak in your belly. Yeah, I don't know what this guy's life is like. I don't know what he has. You to a lose. weird one with lettuce. <laughs> Me with lettuce and tomato. <laughs> you know, but I'm reading this book right now called uh, "Violence of Mind" by Varg Freeburn. Yeah, and one of the things he talks about is knowing your mission. Like, what's your mission, right? And I said to my father, I go, "What's the mission? The mission is protect your family at all costs, get your family home safe, and that's it. That's the mission." And guess what? Everyone got home safe. Nobody got hurt. Like, let's look at like, you know, some of the influence I listened to Jocko Willink is one. And I, I, this must've just been in the back of my mind, but we listened to the episode, uh, on the way home the next day. And there's an episode where Jocko talks about, um, like all the things you have to lose by getting in that fight. Mm -hmm. Maybe the guy has a knife or a gun. Yeah. Now it's a whole different ball game. Maybe, uh, you take the guy down, you punch the guy, he hits his head on the concrete and dies. Now you're going to prison, not jail, prison. Either way, you're probably getting put in handcuffs that night. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe you you roll around. The guy doesn't die, but he gets all bloody, and now you got blood all over you, and now you're on an AIDS cocktail for the next twenty years. A lot of things can go wrong. So the reason why I bring this up is it was a crazy experience. It took a, quite a few days for me to debrief in my own mind. Uh, did I do the right thing? Should I have done more? But the reality is, uh, any fight that you can walk away from unscathed, uh, both legally, yeah, and uh, physically and emotionally, 
is a, a fight that you've won. So just if you're out there, you know, I mean, I train jujitsu a lot. I train with firearms a lot. I was, I said to my wife, if I had a gun, that would have ended a lot quicker. And I don't mean like the gun would have come out. I mean, like I would have been out of there. Yeah, you would have left a lot. I would have left a lot quicker because I really know how that could have escalated, right? And so, you know, just this is a, we talk about guns a lot, but keep in mind your mental state on how you would handle things when things go wrong because it's not always going to be the gun comes out. It's not always going to be rolling around. First and foremost, if, you know, you have to, you have to kind of prepare yourself for, how you're going to react in a situation like that when you are caring and when you're not, they are as you just, just exactly as you just said, two different things, you know, it it just seems like he, he just gravitated towards you and your father-in-law and my father-in-law really more than me. I I really, I I was at no point was I even really close to other when I kind of intervened with, with our cousin, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think like, I I don't know if I would have offered to buy him a cheesesteak. Nah, I, the only thing, you know what, I, I Monday morning Monday morning quarterbacked one thing. I should have went to the, when, when they were interacting, I should have went to the owners and be like, you need to call the police. This guy's got to go. He's he's harassing my family. That's the one thing I didn't do that I should have done. Yeah. Everything else, like I read his body, I said to my wife, I was reading his body language. He His hands were down. He was straight legged. Like he was not in like a fighter stance at all. Yeah. Um, He was fairly distant from my father-in-law. And I say distant, he was, I mean, within striking distance, but he was probably four to five feet away. He wasn't like up in his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how I knew like, <clears throat> like a level change and like going for the legs. I wonder if they knew him. Like, I wonder if they got No, because when we were leaving, they were like, you got to go. Like, don't come around here anymore. You're harassing families. But it was too late. Like, they waited yeah. too long to intervene, you know? Who was there running the place? Was it like younger? younger? No, it was like an older guy. There was, you know, a mixed, mixed bag of people. But, um, I mean, what are your thoughts? Any Anything that you, um, that comes to mind for you? No, no, I think we covered it all. I mean, in, in the discussion here, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you guys are safe and obviously that it was uh, an inconvenient. Uh, I hope the cheesesteak was worth it. It actually wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it wasn't that good. But, you know, like it, it was uh, it was interesting, just an interesting thing to run the mental exercise. Pats and see if Pats is any better. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, you need to just go to the cheese whiz too and forget the lettuce tomato. Maybe, maybe that guy was like, I got lettuce. Yeah, I'm, I'm after him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It was the lettuce tomato that did it. Uh, you know? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the one thing I will say is this also, he was much more belligerent than I'm saying. Well, I, I, I don't want to go into the details I, yeah, of it, but I mean, what he was saying was very, very, very disrespectful yep. um, and pres- presumptuous. Well, it's a, a sign of the times, my friend. It's a sign of what we deal with. Uh, you know, not just, I mean, we talk about being in New York, but it's everywhere in this country right now. We're, we're a divided folk, man. So you got to kind of uh, find common ground. Not on this show. Because no. we're trying to build a community, baby. Anyway, we want to thank all of our listeners for taking this journey with us. We truly appreciate every one of you. Together, we're building a stronger Second Amendment community, one which makes us more capable patriots. And we look forward to bringing you more great content and have new surprises in store for year number three. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now Discord so we can keep the conversation going. Keith, thank you for the journey. Thank you. And thank you to all the listeners for uh, making this uh, two-year journey fun and can't wait to see what comes next. Yeah, we definitely appreciate all of you. Thank you.